money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Uh, but every week we do a different tip of the week where we share some of the different tribal knowledge that we've built up over time. And I think uh, what's, and, and, and a lot of this is what's kind of driving me, driving my research and uh, stuff that I'm studying. And so, uh, and we've started to have the discussion as we got started earlier today. Uh, but today's tip is interest rates affect on housing markets. Uh, for many of you guys who have been watching the housing markets over the last um uh, six months or so, you've seen what we uh, what effects interest rates can have on a housing market. I think uh, most people would have guessed that we've seen we would have seen a big reduction in overall prices year over year. We have not seen a big reduction in overall prices, but from our fever pitch time in May and June, we have seen a reduction in prices to where we are in January of 2023. So, I want to talk to you about the impact that it's had, and also want to give you some perspective. Uh, going back in the time machine to the 1970s to see how prior interest rate impacts, interest rate increases and decreases have impacted the real estate market. So uh, as of uh, 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 January the 12th, rates are somewhere between 65 and 7% now. Uh, they jumped up to as high as 7%. And in some cases, you can get, depending on your credit, can get interest rates as low as 6.5% uh, now from May. So May, they were at one of their lowest points at about that 3% mark. Uh, now, the impact of that is sales are down 30% 2021 versus 2022. Uh, that is as much of a drop as what we saw from, for example, 2006 uh, to 2010. So 2006, 2007, we were selling in the Austin market about 30,000 units a year. Uh, 2010, we were selling about 18,000 units a year. So we took about a 30% haircut in that time period. So what that means is for every 1% increase in the interest rate, there's a corresponding 7.5% decrease in sales volume, right? So just take uh, that 3% to the 7%. Uh, the 3% interest rate to the 7% interest rate, uh, four uh, points there, and I'm not talking basis points here, uh, and then look at that 30% decrease and you'll be able to get the math and see it go up accordingly. Now, what happens if interest rates go up another point? Now, the Fed has said they're looking at, um, originally they were looking at five being the uh, uh, five interest rate, the federal funds rate being the point at which they top out. What have they said over the last several months though? Oops, it may need to go a little bit higher than that, right? Which is a little scary uh, of a prospect for us who are investing, buying and selling real estate. So if rates go up another 1%, sales instead of dropping 30% might drop 37.5%, which again would be higher than what we experienced uh, for example, in uh, 2008 versus 2010, if rates go up another 2%, which I think is unlikely, I think is unlikely, but I would say that nothing is off of, um, uh, not, uh, nothing is, is not an option. So, uh, but if that's the case, we would see uh, 
sales drop up to 45%, assuming that that same interest rate increase, uh, interest rate increase to sales drop holds as it has over the last uh, seven months here. <clears throat> so in contrast to 2010, sales were only down 30% year over year. So what is what is the Fed said that they they, they want to, what, what's their number one job? Control inflation, right? Get in that two to 3% range. What What's their limiting factor? What's going to help them decide that they have whether inflation is correct at the number that they want or not? What's what's one of the factors that they're watching? Yes, unemployment, right? Is a big unemployment is a big factor. Is popularity a factor? And no, <laughs> that was not in the job description for chairman of the Federal Reserve. Okay, uh, that was that was must be stoic. No matter if people are throwing rotten tomatoes at you at any point, which feels like they're getting close at some point. Uh, but um, uh, they've uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Fed Chairman Powell has basically said, I'm going to go full Volcker. So Volcker was our uh, Fed Chairman during our last run-up of, uh, of inflation, and he wants to make sure that he gets it under control as quickly as possible. And that's why we've seen some of the most dramatic increases in interest rates that we've seen uh, for many of us in our lifetime that are in, uh, that are in this room. Uh, and I have a feeling that um, when the Fed meets again and at the end of January, that we're going to be looking at somewhere between a 0.25% increase to a half point increase, right? So I think this is going to continue. Now, what, where, where do we get some, um, some solace as real estate investors? What knowledge do we have as real estate investors that kind of makes us still, still feel pretty good about the real estate market? This is the interactive part. Like, I really want to hear your opinions. What makes you not worried? What puts you in this room in spite of this? It fluctuates. Here's the problem. It doesn't fluctuate. If you've got a six-month fix and flip, it's not fluctuating fast enough, right? So what else? What, what gives you? Yes. The plus is if you're holding on to it, there's going to be more renters. How many of you guys are, um, are landlords in this room besides me? Hasn't it been like the best year ever to be a landlord? Like, it's like 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, our, our, our rents were flat, like flat. When last year has been going up somewhere between 10, 15 in some markets, in some areas, even 20 plus percent. So it's been a really beautiful time to be a landlord. And where are all these buyers going? We have a 30% reduction in sales. Where are the buyers going? They gotta go somewhere. Where are they going? To our rent houses right to our rent houses and where are they going to continue to go to our rent houses so buying and holding in this market and i know some of you guys are buying and owner financing you may consider maybe i'll maybe i'll buy and hold for 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 a while and just keep it right uh, because rents are going up there's a high demand for rents so i know we you guys uh said earlier i asked how many realtors in the room i'm curious give me give me the hands up for the realtors in the room just one more time how many of you realtors who were listing agents got what you should not have gotten uh, but you sometimes got them anyway which are these love letters from buyers saying saying, let me tell you why you want to pick me, pick me, pick me, right? Have our, 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 our buyers sending those love letters to sellers anymore? No, we haven't sent those love letters to sellers since probably June, July of 2022, right? But now who's getting those love letters? Family. 
Landlords are now getting those love letters. The love letters are slightly different. What do they say now? We'll take good care of your property, said no tenant ever, right? What else, what else are they saying? I'm a good tenant. What else are they saying? You know that dog, cat, insert other animal that I picked up to keep me company during COVID? How many of you guys picked up an animal during COVID? It's okay. Seriously, some of you did. Okay, I'm willing to give that animal away if you will let me lease this house, right? So the love letters are changing a little bit now. They're written out to the, to the uh, landlords. But what else gives you solace right now as a real estate investor in this market where interest rates are still going to be going up? What gives you the, the, the uh, financial fortitude, the mental fortitude to get to continue your investing? Income, say that again. Who said that in the back? Yeah. People are still moving here like crazy, right? It's like the, it's, the floodgates have not turned off. Now, this market that we're in right now saw the biggest frenzy of growth, uh, both, uh, primarily sales growth, right? Sales price growth of all of the other markets in Texas, okay? Uh, this market is still doing incredibly well. All of Texas is still doing incredibly well. How do we know when we're gonna hit a, a problem with prices? We're gonna hit a problem with prices when we become, if not when, not not if, not when, um, but if we were to become a place like, someone said California, yes, a place like Detroit. When you have negative population growth, what does that do to housing prices? It brings them down, right? It brings them down. And California lost two uh, seats in the house, right? And we picked up, we picked up one or two. Did we pick up both of theirs? We picked up two. Okay, we picked up two. I know Florida picked up some as well. Uh, so, so people are still moving here like crazy. That's the exact same thing that says, I feel pretty comfortable about continuing to do what I do. But what's another thing that makes me feel comfortable as a real estate investor, no matter, again, what the market, uh, you know, because the market's going to take some punches at you, right? What else gives you solace? What else gives you fortitude? What else says, yeah, no, I got this strategy. What does that mean? He's like, I'm out. I just, that's, that's all I had. <laughs> like, I didn't know we were going to do a deep dive. <laughs> what, what do you got for me? Come on, develop it. Okay. So, yeah, so, so okay. I have my strategies. Okay. Give, give me some pre-foreclosure probate. So you get one and you're going to try and buy and fix it. And the market punches you in the face. What do you do? Yeah, I, you subject to unwrap. Okay. What else can you do? How did people survive 2008, 9, 10, and 11? There are some people who sold and took a loss or did a foreclosure or did a short sale. And there are some people who said, well, this sucks, but I guess I'm gonna just gonna have to hold it as a rental property. How do you make sure that that is an option to you? How do you make sure that's an option to you? Financing is everything. If you're getting it subject to, it's always an option for you to keep it, right? If you're buying using a hard money lender, what's that hard money lender gonna say? Payment is due now, six months. Now's good too. Are they going to be your friend? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. So get financing that is friendly to you. So one of the best ways to do that is to be able to buy subject to. Another way to do that is to, if you're getting loans in your own name, <clears throat> be ready and willing to hold it, hold it as a rental property. Just hold on long enough until what? How long are most recessions? They average less than two years. 
So what do you have to do? Hold on to it long enough. And if you got a hard money loan, you can get a bridge loan or you can go out and try and get it refinanced yourself. So those are other options for you. But that's one of the reasons why I like buying subject too. And did you know, this is a fun fact, 70% of all mortgages that are in play today are under 4% interest rate. That's, that's kind of interesting, right? So what does that mean for you if you are a landlord and you're buying subject too? You got a full, you got a good shot of cash flowing as long as the thing's under 500K. If it's over 500K, then oh, I don't know, right? Um, it depends on what those rents are. But usually prices, values, if they're on a 45 degree angle, right? What's, what is, what do, what do rents look like? What do rents look like? I'm trying to see if I can see myself in here. Rents, look, rents are going up, but are they going up at the same angle? The answer is they kind of flatten out. They kind of get this diminishing returns at some point. So on a $100,000 house, you can rent it for $1,000 a month. And you guys are thinking, $100,000 house here? No, they don't have that. Okay, yes, I know. $300,000 house, can you rent it for $3,000 a month? Maybe $2,200. A half million dollar house, are you renting it for $5,000 a month? No, maybe $3,000, maybe $3,500. So you can see how they're close on the low-end values. But on the high-end values, the delta starts to come apart. So you have to have backup strategies when the market is changing. And you have to be thinking about that in advance of you actually purchasing that subject property that you are looking at. Because it's hard to say exactly what's gonna happen. But the more options that you have as a real estate investor, the better equipped you will be in the event that the market changes. Uh, and again, that could be a credit boom, a credit bust, a great recession. That could be a worldwide pandemic. That could be a snowstorm. That could be an ice storm. That could be a hurricane, right? Something is coming for you. It's our job as real estate investors to kind of look into the future and see what those possibilities are and be prepared. So let's talk about interest rate and housing prices because that might be one of your bigger concerns. Uh, so far, and again, I'm going to sound like I'm t literally talking out of both sides of my mouth as I say this. So far, year over year, the prices are up right? So far, year over year, the prices are up. However, that May to December number is not so up. In fact, the May to December number uh, from 2022 to uh, uh, May 2022 to December 2022 actually showed up as a 10% drop. Now, it is common for us to have a drop from May to December. I put some numbers in here for 2020, which was an unusual year for us, uh, 2019 and 2018. If you look at 2019, that's probably in 2018, that's closer to what that drop looks like. But that drop is not a 10% drop. That drop is closer to a 1% drop. So this is a big change that we're looking at. So where is this going to, uh, where is this going to get you as a real estate investor? in the appraisal. This is going to get you in the appraisal. Unless your appraisal, unless your appraiser is using which comps? The fever pitch comps, which are appraisers uh, are, are working for you. You're paying them. Are they working for you? No. Who are they working for? They're working for the bank and themselves. Yeah. And they want to do what? Cover themselves. 
right? So they are they are very smartly using the most recent comps. So uh, the comps of the prices that we've seen over the last several months. So uh, as I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, right, in terms of prices being up year over year, prices being down 10% uh, May, uh, May to December, as we start to get more into 2023, I'm probably going to start saying in some of the markets around Texas that the prices are down from that fever pitch time uh, point. So, so do be aware of that. Now, were those losses, were those gains that we had, especially for us as rental property owners or us as fix and flippers or us as builders, were those real gains that we saw in 2022? Those are paper gains. Those are paper gains. Now, now, here's the thing. To the seller that you are talking to and negotiating with, what kind of gains were those? Were they paper gains? No. What kind of gains were they? They're real. They're real. So for us as real estate investors right now, I want you to understand this concept. We are in the sandwich generation. How many of you guys are actively taking care of a parent and a child, okay? You guys are in the sandwich generation. Right now, as real estate investors, we are in the sandwich generation because sellers want what price? Fever pitch price. Sellers are always six months behind. Now, when the market's going up, that's a win for us. When the market's going down, that is a battle for us. So we're getting pinched by sellers who want what their house was worth six months ago, right? And, and, and seller logic is so adorable. Well, the house across the street is not as good as mine, but it's sold for insert ridiculous amount here, right? Multiple offers, and I want that same price, right? And then, and then what, how are we getting squeezed? How are we the sandwich generation on the other side? Because buyers wanna pay what it was worth six months ago too, right? That'd be no, that'd be a hard no, right? Buyers wanna pay what they think it's gonna be worth six months from now, and buyers are optimistic about where they think prices are going. In fact, that's why 30% of them have dropped out of the market. So buyers want the price that they think it will be in six months. Is that our sandwich? Yes, guess what? Our sandwich has more meat and more squeeze in the middle. What else is sandwiching us and by sandwiching us, I'm talking about what? Our contractors adjusting their prices downward. That'd be a hard no as well. Why is that? Because contractors are still finishing projects that they bid six months ago when the market was also at a fever pitch. And of course, prices have gone down. Wrong. <laughs> Material costs are also still very high. Now we're not having the lumber fever pitch that we had in 2020, where some people who had their homes built in 2020 have some of the most expensive, exquisite lumber ever made on the face of this earth, okay? Uh, when, when lumber prices more than doubled. All right. Uh, so we're, 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 getting, we're getting pinched. We're getting pinched on all sides. So it's incumbent upon us to, number one, recognize this, understand that it is a disruption, and come up with a solution for that disruption. Some of those solutions might include downshifting into other strategies, holding it and waiting for the market to do what? Do its thing. What is the market's thing? 
oh, I really want to take it out of this presentation mode to be able to share this. So I'm going to, for those of you guys online, I'm ending this part of the tips and trick. For those of you guys who are in person, I'm going to see if I can get this a little bit more full screen. And I'm going to do this. All right. You still cannot read this, can you? Okay. All right. So um, uh, just go to the uh, FRED, which is the Federal Reserve of St. Louis, and just do a search for interest rates and housing prices. This chart, hold on my calls, please. Tell them I'm in a meeting. So this chart goes back to, what does that say, 1970? 1975, thank you. So you can see the blue is interest rates. The red is housing prices. So in 1980, what happened with interest rates? We're crying now. Ask anybody who bought a house in 1980, 1981, 82, 83, 84, and they're gonna hand you sandpaper to wipe your tears away, right? Because this is, this is nothing. 7% interest rates, I, I laugh at you, right? What happened to housing prices when interest rates went that high? Not really. There was a little there was a little dip. But it was like a few month dip and then what happened? Housing prices went back up. And then interest rates got to 18 plus percent and what happened? There was a little dip and then housing prices went back up. Typically there's no correlation. If you were to who are my statisticians in the room who can like jam an R square number for me really quickly, right? If you were to put this through and uh, do some statistical analysis on this, you'd see that there's not really a correlation between interest rates and housing prices. Now, um, in in nineteen in the nineteen eighties, they rose raised interest rates over a period of a, a longer period and at a slower pace than what we are doing it right now. Okay. Um, and I, I think we will see a hit, um, probably mid-year when we're looking at fever pitch 2022 versus whatever's going to happen with interest rates going forward. Uh, but as long as you are prepared for that, you're going to be in good and in good shape. Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.